Pringle, and this is the Loyalty Podcast from New World Loyalty. We help you make the most of your loyalty strategies by listening to us talk about what we like to talk about most, which is loyalty and loyalty programs. In this podcast, we'll be considering what loyalty programs can do to help customers and businesses in times of trouble. With the coronavirus impacting communities globally, we'll be considering what actions program leaders can take by using examples from around the world. To help us look at this fascinating subject, I'm joined by Phil Gunter in Australia. Hi, Phil. Hello. And uh, Mark Ross-Smith from Malaysia. Hi, Mark. Hi, Ian. And uh, David Canty from Atlanta. Hi, Dave. Atlanta, Georgia. How's it going? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, to get things started tonight, can we have a quick um, introduction to yourselves? And just a, an introduction of what opportunities and threats you think um, exist at times of major disruption. And if you could each give an example of, of when you've seen organizations respond well or poorly to a to a big disruption in the market. Um, Mark, can you introduce, you've not been on the podcast for a while, so can you introduce yourself to the, to the audience and, um, and give an example of where you've seen organizations um, respond well or poorly to big changes? Yeah, yeah sure. <clears throat> Mark, I'm an editor of TravelDataDaily.com, which is a resource for loyalty managers to go and learn about all the intricacies of loyalty and how to use data in their programs to effectively drive revenue. I uh, also former, formerly ran the Malaysia Airlines loyalty program as well. And uh, to your point, Ian, I think there's, um, there's a couple opportunities I see for airline loyalty right now. And, and well, not opportunities as such, but I guess a realignment of focus. And, and, and right now, in times of crisis, you know, people aren't flying as much. And the beauty about airline loyalty is it's not just about flying. There's, there's the flying aspect and then there's the non-flying aspect. And since the, the demand for flying isn't there, loyalty programs have this opportunity to refocus their, their marketing efforts right now into the, the non-air side of it. You know, things like credit cards and transferring of points and miles and, <clears throat> and um, non-air points redemptions, you know, things like gift cards. Uh, or selling points and miles directly to members. And, and I think the opportunity here is that the members, they want to interact with the airline brand. They want to interact with the loyalty brand, but they don't necessarily, or can't, or there's some sort of travel restriction, they can't fly right now. So they, they want to interact, but they can't. And so loyalty programs have this opportunity to, to really drive this non-air component, get members buying into the future. So when, when travel comes, comes, when demand comes back around again, um, these members are more locked into the program than ever before. So it, it, if loads of programs are out there selling miles, for example, directly to members, what that does is it, it gets some cash in the door for the airlines now, and it helps lock that customer into uh, the airline brand in the future, because you're gonna, you're gonna use those points at some point in the future, right? So I think that's definitely one immediate opportunity for, for loyalty brands is to focus on the non-flying aspect, you know, because people still want to interact with the brand. And uh, I, I guess I'm fortunate in some ways that I've worked with Malaysia Airlines and uh, I, I think they're a bit of a world test case on how to handle crisis, uh, especially with el el elite members um, from the MH370 and, and MH 17 and I mean there's, there's no playbook on how to handle this there's no Wikipedia page you could go to and say how do we handle loyalty in times of crisis this just doesn't exist and so I think 
you know, at, at the time, Malaysia Airlines was really struggling. Like, how, how do they handle this from a loyalty perspective, right? And what they ended up doing is some members had their status, their elite status, extended by up to two years. And this was extended one year at a time. Uh, and, and, and Malaysia at the time didn't communicate this to the members until the end of the membership year. And Malaysia is based on a, a calendar membership year. So this is a January to December qualification period. And they didn't really communicate it till the end. And I, I think that's really smart in some ways because uh, if you, uh, like we sort of seeing a bunch of programs now extending elite status um, in early, you know, we're in Q1 right now and they're extending elite status for next year as well. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people going out to 2022. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and I, I'm not sure what the logic is there. Uh, besides, maybe a bit of a, a sugar hit on the PR, make people feel good, because a loyalty program, especially airline, its ultimate goal is to drive incremental revenue that it otherwise couldn't drive without the loyalty program existing, right? And if you're extending status, elite status, which is arguably the number one asset that an airline has to drive new business. Um, you, you're kind of missing some of that upside. And um, I think Malaysia Airlines saw some of that uh, in the years following after extending people's elite status. Uh, the, the kind of logic of the member is, well, I've already, you've comped me an, an extra year or two. What's the point in flying? I've already kept it. I don't have to take those extra flights. I don't have to, to do that side trip to Langkawi for the weekend. I don't have to take the family here. I, this, it's kind of missing out on some of that incremental revenue that the airline would have otherwise captured if they hadn't extended it for everyone. Um, so I think it's important to be mindful of when to extend elite status and how to extend elite status. And this comes down to looking at the data, looking at how the program is structured, looking at if, it, if it's a calendar year or a, a rolling month-by-month uh, -month calendar. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, see, Mark, I, I completely agree. I, I think uh, the only reason, I'm guessing, but the only reason the, these programs are going out there now is because it, they, they're under pressure to look like they're doing something, that the loyalty managers, they're under pressure, uh, they've seen someone else do it, and they're making a quick knee-jerk reaction, and it's just dumb, right? They're, now, what you're saying is true what you do you, you on one hand you take the pressure off your members which could be seen to be good um but you t you right now right there's a lot of lot of of um airlines hotels retail programs um which are in real desperate not programs but the company themselves are in desperate need of the programs actually supporting them by driving revenue and by taking that pressure off and your core lever right now it's just the wrong thing um I so I've thought this no I've thought this through I've I've um worked out looked at what would I do if I was still running Virgin's program and I I know exactly what I would do the first thing I would do is I would put I would increase status credits uh, I would be brave and do double status credits for the for the for the next period and I know a lot of people are saying that's that's dumb as well but I would do that so that people who are st two reasons people that are still flying feel that they were genuinely valued because you need people to still fly, right? So, you, so, you, so you, you give them that reinforcement that we do really do value you, that you're still flying in, in, in these times. 
Second, there will be some people that see it as an opportunity to actually achieve the tier that they normally can't get. So there will be a few, I call it gaming, but a few people that will be be influenced by the fact there is, is this uh, uh, flooding of status credits available um, and will go go above and beyond to, to, to get to that, that platinum, whereas ordinarily it wouldn't get there. Right? Um, so you, so you, there's a bit of extra revenue there. Um, at the end of the year, even having done that, at the end of the year, I would be, I think it was aligned to what you're saying there, Mark, I'd be really careful about who you um, downgrade. But you'd, you'd need to look at, at the, right, wait to the very, very end. So you don't do it too early, but right at the very end, you do an analysis on every single member and see how far they were away from, the ones that didn't make it, look at how far they were away from making it, um, what they've done in the past, look back over, over multiple years and give every member a reasonable offer which would feel that they've been respected. Uh, and, and that isn't a one-size-fits-all. You've got to use your data. This, this is where it comes to using your data. Um, and the other thing I would do right now is I would leverage the fact you've got bags of availability we promote the use of reward seats. Uh, British Airways is doing this brilliantly at the moment right now. They've got one world wide open wherever they're still flying and people can get this the, the seats that they've always wanted right now. So why not promote that fact? I'd say that that's what makes this crisis different from all other cr crisis in some ways in that, in that um, you know, people don't necessarily want to fly. Uh, and so you you have got, of course, you've got lots of capacity and they're leaving the doors wide open. Um, but actually, I um, I worry about whether how relevant that travel is because I'm not sure I would want to travel too far. Given yeah, that I might uh, not come back. Big mistake there, Ian. Right. So Go you're on. looking at yourself, right? You're a family man, right? And yes, true, true for you, right? But there, in a in a in a membership, you've got stacks of people. There is a stack of 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 twenty somethings that will will happily jump on a plane. Don't see this as a threat at all. Um, use them. Get get them flying. Um, uh, using their points giving them stuff they couldn't ordinarily get. You, you've got the capacity, you may as well use it. So yes. I think that, I, and I, th I think some of the levers that you're suggesting there, uh, Phil, are bang on. Um, we've spoken uh, a few times before on this podcast uh, about the fact that it's actually in, in recessionary times that loyalty programs can truly shine. Um, and I think this is going to be a prime example as well, where organizations are going to be looking at their loyalty programs. So your point on, you know, program managers stressing out and saying, what am I going to do, uh, is relevant. But it absolutely is their, their opportunity to, to shine. And looking at the data and looking at their segment of, of customers and so forth, and enabling them to understand what's available to them um, is, is going to be the, the, the true measure of, of the, the loyalty program. I think what Mark said around the ancillaries, for many, many years before um, oil stabilized and um, things got good, um, we were all struggling in the airline industry with flight revenue and the overall industry was being carried by ancillaries in, in some ways. And I think what's happening now is we've had um, a, you know, a, a bull kind of market in, in flying um, with regards to uh, flight revenue and premiums that you can actually garner there. 
And in some ways, um, ancillary has become less important. However, the credit card has always remained important. But right now, I think if people are not flying, or even if it's from a hotel perspective as well, if you're not traveling, let's say, because your, your main um, reason for traveling is business and your business um, has issued a directive that we no longer want you to travel or whatever, this is actually the ideal time for you to really engage with that airline or that hotel on the credit card side. And not only does it actually boost the, um, or, or at least, um, not boost, but it protects in some way, some level of revenue to that organization. It also gives you an opportunity to, to actually engage with local businesses who are going to be suffering as well uh, based on this. Um, because this is not going to just be a, a travel-related uh, impact. It's going to impact all all walks of life and all industries um, and loyalty really begins locally so it's all about supporting your 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 local stores and your local um, uh, businesses and then looking at the the uh, airline or the hotel of choice that you have been loyal to over time and seeing what deals are available so your point on redemption is huge and it actually opens a, hop, a whole level of relevancy uh, at the redemption level in those programs to an audience that ordinarily wouldn't have actually achieved that before. Yeah, I think that's where I was coming from from this. I think um, it's, it's easy for us to focus on travel because partly I think that's where a lot of our experience is. But also I think that's where the industry has been so hardest, probably hardest hit in this particular crisis. But I think where I'd be coming from is on the retail side as well of saying you know this absolutely relevant to retail too and i think if you take the economics of loyalty where you take you know for a loyalty program to get a return investment your your benefit has to be bigger than your cost and your benefit is always driven by the positive sentiment you have towards the the program you know how many people are going to change behavior um and times the change of behavior times the the the, the margin and and i think so so we keep forgetting this is that if 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 our customers come out of this at the end of this crisis thinking worse of our brands or worse of our loyalty programs, that's bad for everyone. Um, and I think at this time of, of, of change, I, if I was a, managing a loyalty, a, a retail loyalty program, I'd be thinking of things like, can I reduce my free deliveries or you know, can I give something to customers that's really valuable to them now? Because in three months' time, they're going to look really positively to, on you about this, you know? Absolutely. And, quite, yeah. and, and, and if your brand, regardless of whether it's retail or whether it's travel, if your brand is not engaging with you effectively through this crisis, then the likelihood of you churning away from that brand and being snapped up by a competitor on the other side of this once we get through it is, is big. Um, so everybody's watching everybody right now and it's it's who is going to actually engage with the public as a whole uh from a a brand management perspective and then uh at a program level as well um so you've got to be on the front foot you've got to make sure that you're staying relevant and you're staying engaged with your customer base even if they're not traveling 
um, it's important that you build a dialogue and you keep them informed as to what's going on and you make them aware of the opportunities that are available now with the the you know more seats available and uh, to, to Phil's point on um, one world seats uh, for BA people can literally travel the world right now um, and and experience it and you know, it, it's it's possibly an opportunity that comes up in once in a lifetime in some ways. Yeah. So it, it 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 can be a bear market for some and a bull for others. And who do we think is doing this well then? Of the of the examples we think out there, who who do we think is um is is doing it well? And also, do we see any examples of who we think is is handling it badly? So I think we've all suggested that the 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 rush of hotels to just extend status uh, is isn't isn't uh, what we believe is the right thing to do. Um, I, I See, the ones you're doing it really well, you can't see because a lot of this communication could be to individual members. Um, now, obviously, BA has is, is flooded the market with their um, reward seats. I think Quan has done the same. And I would assume that most airlines are doing the same. And if they're not, they really, really should. Um, I'm seeing quite a lot of, of um, status credit offers, but 20%. Uh, and to me... If if I was running a program now, I'd be really generous right now in the status credits. It doesn't really cost you anything. It it, it um, enables that gaming you talked about before, but also it makes people feel that they're being rewarded, and it removes the problem you're going to get at the end of the year when it's going to be a stack of people short of status. Um, and Phil, sorry, go on. Phil, on, on on status credits, just to kind of explain that in the sense that because that might be interpreted slightly differently. Um, dependent on where you are in the world. So in the US, we might be talking about those as MQMs. Is that is that fair to say? Because Yes. Yeah, you're okay. right. Sorry. Yeah, status credits down, down in this part of the world. But the, but the, the things that are added up to, to make you achieve and maintain tiers. The other thing that goes hand in hand with that, of course, is, is for the programs which have expiry, you need to extend that expiry in the same way as well. Because you know, if people aren't redeeming, then then they're being and they're being uh, they're, they're being hit by expiry at this time as well. That's difficult too. So the ones that are extending, certainly, the, I've seen the ones that have expiry are extending that longer. But again, I'd do it right at the end. I I I the people with aspiring points, I I'd, I'd be showing them how how fantastic the availability is right now. And so the way I look at this is all we're, all we're suggesting. Is you keep your, your core loyalty disciplines, and you just got you've just got ex- exaggerated levers right now, right? That's all it is. You you you've got to stay commercially viable. You've got to support the core business. You've got to think about your customers, use your data, um, and you've just got bigger levers because you've got seats available. You've you've got um, the 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 need to, for to status to really do its job and to drive engagement, but also to to um, make people feel they're being rewarded. It's it's no different from a normal period. It's just that it's it's much more intense, and you've got to think on your feet and and and, act, and do stuff. But then, what do we think of the, of the likes of United, where you know United have have, have said, look, we we see our our, our revenues falling seventy percent in the next two months. So what they've said is actually we're going to change our um our our refund policy to say actually we can change your flight. But if we give you a flight within the next twenty-five hours, not twenty-four hours, twenty-five hours, you can't can't get a refund. Um, but they've rode back a bit on that and said because they had such negative press to say actually we'll do it on a, we'll consider it on a case by case basis. So they've 
they've actually taken a much harder stand on this of saying, look, we, we, we are, are, are in trouble for cash. And, and, and clearly, you know, that it's tough times, really tough times to be airlines. I mean, what, what would your, what would your um, view be on there in there? Uh, see, I would do what a lot of airlines are doing is saying bookings made now, bookings made in the next two, three, four weeks have much more generous, uh, a change and cancel so basically free change and cancel and and the reason I do that because there is obviously there is a, a trade-off because you, you're not going to get the change cancel fees right but right now there's a lot of people that would not make bookings uh, because they they just don't know whether they're going to be able to fly uh, it's not it's not just that they won't want to fly is they don't know whether they'll be able to fly if uh, with business policies etc changing um, and so by giving them the the clarity that any bookings made in this period you can change and cancel you're much more likely to get actually money coming in because airlines and and travel companies need cash and so to encourage that cash in accepting the fact that if they do then cancel you get you, you you've gained nothing but that getting the cash in is much better than having people wait 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 people know a lot of frequent flyers will know that the prices aren't aren't going to go aren't going to spike in the next little while because the the uh, airlines are flying empty, so they'll just wait and book last minute, which is last thing you want. So I mean, I quite like what Emirates have done because they've done the combination of these things. They've said no change fees for bookings made before thirtieth of March, and they've said, but there's an option to retain your tier status for just eighty percent of your travel requirements, and they've said plus thirty percent of miles when you fly until thirtieth of June. So they've done that. They've done that triple whammy. And I quite like that combination. And I think it's, it's how they've messaged it as well. Um, in, because I think uh, uh, Emirates actually put, uh, were, were probably the first airline to truly put together a well-thought-out kind of strategy, or at least a, a well-thought-out communication that was coming from a, from a human perspective. One thing I, I, I would add to, to build on, on the conversation as well is because we do look at everything, obviously, through the, the loyalty lens. Um, and while, while loyalty has the opportunity to shine, it's actually a bigger opportunity for organizations to ensure that they're working much, collabor much more collaboratively across departments including your sales uh, teams, your marketing teams, your partnership teams, your loyalty team, your customer servicing team. And rather than kind of looking at the numbers and saying, oh my God, our hotels are empty, our flights are flying half, half, half full, this is an opportunity for you to actually work together and say, can we come up with some creative ways where loyalty is actually enhancing the the uh, meetings and events uh, type of of um, uh, sale from from your sales team, are is there are there are there tactical marketing things that you've always wanted to do but you've never really had the courage to try? I think those are some of the th the these are some of the times where you actually do start seeing some stars with across your organization. Um, coming to the fore. So while, while loyalty can be part of the, the solution, there's an opportunity for everybody to come together and, 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 um, and make it e an even better experience. Mark, would you add anything to that? Yeah, I, I, I echo the thoughts of everyone here today. Um, 
there's an interesting promotion that Air Asia X in Malaysia launched uh, recently, which is 500 ringgit, which is, is about 120 US dollars, and you get unlimited flights for 12 months uh, on the airline. Um, <clears throat> and that's obviously to, to stimulate cash, um, you get in the manure. Um, it's kind of smart, it kind of locks people into flying AirAsia X. Uh, it, it's it's obviously specific destinations, I think Australia, China, South Korea, uh, Japan. And it kind of gets those people in, locking into the airline in, for the next 12 months. And the, 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 the brilliant thing about this is that AirAsia and AirAsia X, it's, I mean, it's a low-cost airline, and uh, I think they said 30-something 30, 30 percent of their revenues come from ancillary. So when these, these people fly, um, you know, they're, they're ticking the box to add the bags and add the meal and add the blanket and add the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So um, the ancillaries on that are, are going to be pretty significant over time. So it's it's almost as a it's almost a, a a marketing gimmick is not the right word. I think it's pretty smart. Um, it, it's an introductory tool to AirAsia. So people that may not have thought about flying AirAsia in their life, that maybe they're you know really into their premium full service airlines, they they look at this deal and go, you know, for 120 US dollars, I can I can take the bet. I can. I'm sure I'll take one flight. I'll try the airline out. They have a good experience. Hopefully, they fly the airline again, 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 again. It's a way to, to really get uh, new passengers into the brand. It's a, it's a custom acquisition tool as a marketing yeah. um, tool. That was one of JetBlue's. Uh, JetBlue did something similar uh, a number of years ago called the All You Can Jet Pass. Um, and it was it was off the charts successful. Um, from a viral and um, you know word of mouth kind of thing about the brand, um, so I agree. I think there's, it, it, this is an opportunity for you to try new things and see see what works. The other thing as well um, that we should possibly at, at least acknowledge is travel can generally be um, an anxiety feel uh, filled experience. Um, now, when you have uh, uh, something like the uh, COVID-19 happening, there, the levels of anxiety probably go up um, for certain segments of your customer base. So I think that's something that brands should think about in how can they reassure customers and release those anxiety levels. Um, to get them uh, some level of confidence in interacting with them, um, so you know there 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 are opportunities that Phil said at the very beginning. Um, seats are wide open, hotel rooms are empty. Right now, in the actual aircraft, it's probably the cleanest it's ever been. Um, so get the hell on there and 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 start start seeing places that you've always wanted to see. So if I can just give a summary of what we've talked about here, if I, I've, I've noted down nine principles, so I'll read them out and then let's see whether there's anything you've got to add here. So what we're saying, I think we're saying is stick to your principles because you've got the principles of the program, stick to those. Extend status, but hold the benefit. So don't quite, you don't need to tell them about it now or extend it forever and do the maths. Make sure you do the maths for those customers, but be generous. So think of the change of behavior and the positive sentiment. You don't want to come out of this with a negative sentiment. Um, 
work collaboratively across the organization try things new things like the all you can jet pass and if you've got new if you've got ideas try those ideas um but communicate clearly and the one i'd add it right at the end is be human you know be human think of this is a human this is a human tragedy after all and if if um i think there's nothing wrong with brands saying look we're going through tough times you know we our, our staff are going through tough times you're going through tough times you know please come back at the end i i think that's the I think it's a perfect opportunity to be human as an organization. Would anyone add anything to those that eight point plan actually? Yeah, yeah and I agree. I think right now it's just it's important to look at the data, look at the data, look at the data, look at the customer segments um, of those segments, look at the traditional intent of those customers, monitor share of wallet. I think this is critically important, especially for airlines and hotels. Look at the propensity to spend of those segments. Um, to Phil's point earlier, recognizing people that are flying now, people that are doing the right thing by the airline, you need to reward them more than people that are not flying right now through extra status benefits and status credits. And I think critically, don't extend elite status right now unless you absolutely have to. It's absolutely a sugar hit. Um, it, it looks good now. It feels good for members right now. But it really, it really, especially airlines, it could really hurt later. Um, but that is all underpinned by the data, of course. It, some, in some senses, it can make sense to uh, extend status now. Um, looking at examples of the past, maybe not the best idea. So you, you kind of want to leave it to the last minute uh, to ensure you, you get the most out of it. And to also do the right thing by members as well. Like you're, you're not giving, you're not helping them by extending status in the middle of the year either. You know, wait, wait for the right time, the right opportunity to have the right messaging. Um, so it, it, it helps everyone. So I would just say it's, it's so important to focus on the, on the data right now. Well, that's just about all we have time for today. So thank you very much to Mark, Phil and David. And thank you for listening. And please stay healthy and safe out there. And we'll look forward to your company again in our next podcast. Thank you and goodbye.